Well, church, we are in our last week of this series, Led by Presence, where we have been unpacking what it looks like to be a people who live in the presence of God, who are filled with God's presence, and discovering that we were created for His presence, that we were, uh, we were saved for His presence. And last week, we looked at how um, uh, this pursuit of the presence of God and this pursuit of the power of God in our lives leads us to become a people of prayer. And not just prayer individually, but with that, a people of prayer together. And we, we kind of navigated through the book of Acts and saw how time and time again, when God's people would gather together and pray together, God would do powerful things. And, and I expressed last week that I want New Beginnings to be known for that. I, I want us to have the reputation that this is a place where God is doing powerful things and these mighty works of God and his presence and his, his power just become a mark of who we are. And uh, that is one, I'm, we're just asking God to do a new thing in us. And I, I love this season that we're in. I love the, the fall season that we're transitioning, uh, the, the, the evidence of that change um, is, is all around us. I love seeing the seasons change. You can look out and you start to see, right, the evidence of, of transformation starting to happen. And so you see the leaves are changing color and bless the Lord, the temperature's coming down just, uh, just a little bit. And uh, with that, for those of us in Gilmer, we know the fall season is close because it's almost yamboree time. Bless the Lord. And so... Um, so we, right, evidence all around us that, uh, that the season is changing. And, and I want to tell you that um, as a church, we're in a season of change. As a church, we're in a season of, of um, some spiritual transformation. And I'm, I can sense um, the, the spiritual temperature changing in our church and God is doing something new uh, in us. And the message we're going to navigate through this morning is entitled Breakthrough, and it is, um, it's going to help us wrap up this series called Led by Presence, but it is also going to be an introduction to a 21-day journey that we are about to embark on together as a faith family. And so beginning on October the 4th through October the 24th, we are calling for 21 days of prayer and fasting here at New Beginnings for spiritual breakthrough. On the 4th through the 24th, 21 days of prayer and fasting for spiritual breakthrough. And, and Pastor and I were talking this week, and, and I don't know that, um, that we've ever done anything like this at New Beginnings, and I don't know that I've ever been more excited about something that we're going to do than this, because something powerful happens when God's people settle into an extended season of prayer and fasting. We want to see God move, amen? We want to see God move in us. We want to see him move through us and for him to do things among us that he's never done before. And so today is about preparation for that. And so um, we're just going to spend some time preparing and discovering what fasting is and, and why we do it and what it is that we're asking God to do during this season. And so I want to start by answering the, the obvious question, which is what is fasting? Lots of different things come to mind. So I want to give us a working definition 
that'll help shape the rest of our morning. What is fasting? Fasting is abstaining from something that we need or enjoy for the purpose of intense spiritual focus through Scripture and prayer. That's fasting. Abstaining from something that we need or enjoy for the purpose of intense spiritual focus through Scripture and prayer. And so what we know, what we see through God's Word, and we'll discover this morning, is fasting really enables us to seek the Lord in prayer with a greater intensity, right? It is, it's the intentional depriving of ourselves of things that we depend on in order to express a greater dependence on the Lord. And so um, Jesus, Jesus modeled this for us, didn't he? Right at the beginning of his ministry, before he ever did his first miracle, before he ever did any significant teaching, Jesus goes into the wilderness and he prays and fasts. For how long? How long was he in there? 40 days, right? Not 21. He went for 40. And so for 40 days, Jesus goes into the wilderness and he prays and fasts. And by the way, for those 40 days, the enemy was relentless in tempting him and trying to cause him to pull away from this pursuit where he was, he was pursuing God for God's presence and God's power for the mission God had put him here to accomplish. And it says that when he came out of the wilderness, after this 40 days of prayer and fasting, it says he went back to Galilee and he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is our desire. Our desire, I want to tell you, the desire of, of our elders and our pastors at New Beginnings is that we would be a place that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus has given this as a model for us. Now, when we look at this definition and we say abstaining from something that we need or enjoy for the purpose of intense spiritual focus through Scripture and prayer, um, we can see throughout biblical history, we'll see this morning, We'll see throughout church history, so for thousands of years, when we talk about this abstaining, we are primarily referring to food in some measure, right? Um, now, I know for some of us, um, you know, a, a complete abstaining from food for health reasons just isn't, that, that isn't real. But for most of us, we can on some level abstain from food in, in, in some way, and so I know many of us hear the word fast and we're like, oh, I think I'll find something really convenient to fast from. You know what I mean? Because fasting from food, I don't like that. So let me find something I like. I think I'll fast, you know, from Sports Center for a week or two. Can I just do that? What if I did that? I told Carrie I was going to fast from my blood pressure medicine. She said, no way, biggin. So <laughs> I think I'll just fast from seconds. You know what I mean? And so... Uh, <laughs> So most of us tend to find things, we'll find the low-hanging fruit, right? So a lot of times we'll say, well, I'm going to fast from social media or from TV. Now listen, if the Lord prompts in your heart to fast from those things, you should do it. You should absolutely do it. And I think what you'll find is in the place that you were spending that, if you pour in to earnest prayer in God's word, he's going to begin to move. But with that, I'm challenging all of us in some measure to find a way that we can fast from food in some way. And so I'm going to walk you through four different types of fast that we are going to put in front of you, challenge you to find maybe the one that fits you, that, that, that would fit you where you are, 
and that you would be able to do for this 21-day season. So I'm going to walk through these quickly, and then we're going to jump into God's Word. The first is a complete fast. It's a complete fast, meaning it's, it is what it sounds like. This is a liquid-only kind of mainly water, maybe with some natural juices and broth, but really avoiding um, um, all kind of artificial sugars. That's, this is a complete uh, fast. There's one called a partial fast. The partial fast is, is kind of a, uh, a one meal a day approach. And so it's really, you don't eat from sunup to sundown is, is that approach. And then in the partial fast, when you do have that meal, you're very aware of what you're eating. You're very aware not to indulge. You're very aware to avoid, to avoid certain kinds of food. And so there is a partial fast. There's also a progressive fast. So here's what that looks like. Take those full three weeks and on the progressive fast, which by the way, did everybody get one of these on the way in? Everybody hold that up for just a minute. I know some of you, it probably feels like an anchor because you're like 21 days. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> right. Um, this, this is all laid out for you here. And down at the bottom left-hand corner of this, if you scan that QR code, that is going to uh, help you register for this fast. We're asking every single person that is going to be a part of it to register for it. And I'm asking all of us to be a part. And what you're going to find in registering for it is, one, it allows you to receive encouraging text uh, from us and for us to receive those together keeping us encouraged through this. It puts resources at your disposal to help you um, as you go through this 21-day fast, but it, it gives a lot of explanation there as well. So you have the progressive fast, which is for the first week, um, maybe you find one meal in the day that you can fast from. For the second week, you take more of the partial where you, you don't eat from sunup to sundown, so maybe you transition from uh, only missing one meal to only eating one meal on the second week, and then the third week is more of a complete fast. So that's progressive. It's kind of building. And the last one is called uh, the Daniel fast. And the Daniel fast is an approach that says there no meat, uh, no sugars, no bread. And so um, that's the Daniel fast. And you will actually, we'll, we'll be making like a shopping list available if you choose to do that Daniel fast to help you know what do I need to go get to be able to do this? And so we're putting these in front of you because there's lots of ways to engage in this. But listen, here's the point. The point is not avoiding food. The point is pursuing God. Are you with me? The point is not something I'm avoiding. The point is a person I am pursuing. So that in the place of eating, in that span, that time that I would normally eat, I'm going to open God's word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be asking for his presence. Now, let's be honest because it's just us in here. All right? Let's be honest. Fasting is a missing rhythm for almost all of us in our spiritual journey with Jesus. We should be honest. There may be a few of you who you're like, no, man, I do this all the time. Some people do it for health reasons, not for spiritual reasons. I'm talking about fasting as a spiritual rhythm. For most of us, our life is just void of this. We simply don't do it. And I think there are several reasons why. There are several reasons why we struggle with this. And I, I want to see if these resonate with you because they certainly do with me. One of those is fear. We, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid of um, the unknown, we're afraid of feeling hungry. We're afraid of going without. 
We're afraid of, of starting and not finishing. That resonate with anybody? We're afraid of doing it alone, right? And so the enemy will whisper and convince us that we cannot do this. As a matter of fact, I already know in this room right now, the moment I said 21 day fast, some of you turned the switch off and you're just waiting for me to pray so you can bounce. All right, if I had glasses, this is when I would pull them over my nose and look over them at you. <laughs> right? I know, I'm, I know I'm telling the truth, because the enemy whispered to you, you can't do that. And you went, you're right. I'm not even going to try. Right? There's, there's, a, there's an element of fear in that. I think there's a lack of understanding. That's one of the reasons we don't keep this as a spiritual rhythm. Um, I, I would tell you as, as a church, as a pastor, um, we, and I don't just mean new beginnings. I mean the church all over. We have done a poor job of teaching this rhythm and the importance of it and the blessing of pursuing God in this way. Listen, I, I grew up in a Bible-believing church. I really did. I grew up in a church that preached the Bible, believed the Bible, and I can probably count in 20 years of attending that church one or two times I ever heard a message on this. We just don't have this. And so because there's some fear... And because there's a lack of understanding, we look at fasting and go, that's just, that's extreme, that's for super Christians, and we just say, ah, oh, that's unnecessary for me. I, it's not necessary. So there's, there's fear, there's a lack of understanding, but here's the other one, and that is just rebellion, <laughs> hard-heartedness. Um, I think many believers see the, benef the spiritual benefits of fasting in God's word, but we're simply unwilling to do it, right? And our hearts have kind of hardened to this so that when God invites us to pursue him um, in this way, we tend to dig our heels in and just kind of ignore uh, this command. And listen, if that's you, if, if that's you, you need this more than you know. More than you know, you need this. Here's why. Because in fasting, here's what's going to happen. You're, in that prayer and fasting, you're going to invite the Holy Spirit into your life in a way that you cannot do any other. You're going to invite the Holy Spirit, and he's going to begin to reveal things in your life. He's going to begin to reveal things that don't please him. He's going to start drawing things out. He's going to start revealing the things that we use instead of pursuing him. He's going to start pointing out the areas that I, the things I have allowed into my life where I self-medicate for an absence of God's presence. Right? Which we all do that. There are things that we all invite in. Food television, social media, whatever it is. We invite things in to medicate for the absence of God's presence in our life. In this season of prayer and fasting, this is going to invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate those areas and bring transformation into your life. And so personal confession, um, this discipline has lacked in my life almost all of my life for all of those reasons. Fear, ignorance, and rebellion. It, it, it has lacked in my life 
for all of those reasons. So what we're calling the church to do, we're calling this message and our 21-day journey breakthrough because we want to see God give us spiritual breakthrough. What is that? That sounds like super churchy language. What are you talking about? I'm talking about seeing addictions in your life broken. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some of us in this room, there is a generational sin that you can track and you need to be the last generation that deals with it. Well, how do you, how do you have that? That's a spiritual breakthrough. That's the deliverance of you and your person and of your entire family. What if your sons and daughters didn't carry the generational sin that your great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents handed to you? What if you didn't hand that on? I have that in my family. It's as clearly etched as you can imagine. It is visible, and I don't want to hand it to my children. How do I do that? It's more than just trying to help them. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's seeking God for breakthrough. Some of you have those addictions. You have that and you need breakthrough in your life. Some of you have lost relatives and you are begging God to save them. That's a breakthrough. As a church family, we have people, a part of our family who are saved and they've just drifted away from the body. They didn't move off somewhere. They just stopped coming. And we're, it's a spiritual breakthrough that the Holy Spirit would prick their heart and they would come back to the fellowship. That's the kind of stuff that we're seeing for God to move in power through his Holy Spirit. So listen, we're going to pray. We're going to fast in this 21-day season. So... Let's grab our Bibles and go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We're going to kind of see Jesus unpack some of this for us. In Mark 9, here's what you find. Um, Jesus has just come off the mountain of transfiguration, and he has come down now. He has Peter, James, and John with him. And when he, he comes to this crowd, and there's this argument that is taking place. His disciples are there. Some religious leaders are there. There's just people gathered around and there's this disturbance. There's this argument going on and Jesus steps in. It's like, what is, what is going on? What's the argument? And this man comes to Jesus, this father, and he says, um, my son has an evil spirit in him and I brought him hoping to find deliverance for him and healing for him. This man had brought his son as a last resort to try to find healing with Christ and he says this evil spirit has made him mute his whole life. And when it comes on him, it throws him down. It causes him to grind his teeth, to foam at the mouth. It has thrown him into fires. It's thrown him into water. And I, I'm desperate. And so I brought him and I brought him to your disciples, but they weren't able to cast him out. They weren't able to do it. And Jesus has, he just moved with compassion as he is. And he looks at this dad and he says, all things are possible for those who believe. And the dad said, well, I believe. But Jesus, help the part of me that doesn't, that's struggling. Help my unbelief. And Jesus cast out that evil spirit and the boy is, is healed. And now his disciples and him are heading back to the house and this conversation happens. So look at Mark chapter 9, verse 28. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? 
Right? They're, they're very confused. They're like, okay, Jesus, you gave us the authority to do this, which he had. And they had already done it before, right? And so they're looking in this moment and they're confused and they're wondering, why did we fail here? And look at what Jesus says in verse 29. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Now, I want to explain that parentheses that I put around those last two words and fasting. Many English translations of the Bible include those two words right there. Many English translations don't. They end at the word by anything but prayer. They end right there. And the original manuscripts and the original language that we have, while they are very consistent in the truth they're communicating, they do vary just a little bit on the exact words used. But I believe that the early church would have recognized that both prayer and fasting were implied here. And here's why, because throughout the Bible, remember, we got to allow God's word to help us understand God's word, right? This is why we preach the full narrative of scripture. It's why when there's moments in God's word where you're unsure, you use God's word to pursue clarity about God's word. And so um, when you look at the full counsel of God's word, what you see in the Bible is when God's people in earnest prayer prayer for God's direction, for his power, for his presence, whatever they're pursuing him for, when they're in that earnest prayer, it is almost always accompanied with fasting. It's almost always accompanied with fasting. So the point that I'm discovering here is that prayer doesn't always include fasting. You can pray and not fast, but fasting will always require prayer. Right? Fasting will always require prayer because earnest prayer is essential for us to see spiritual power in our life. And fasting is the primary way we see earnest prayer being expressed through the Bible and in the church. Earnest prayer is what we need and what we must express to see this kind of spiritual power. And fasting is the primary way we see earnest prayer being expressed through the Bible. So Jesus calls his disciples to earnest prayer for a supernatural power to do through them what they could not do on their own. Look at verse 29 again. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. So the disciples ask, why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we cast this demon out? And Jesus says, guys, because within yourself, you do not have what it takes on your own. You aren't strong enough to do this on your own. Apart from earnest prayer, you are too weak to do this. One of the reasons that I think uh, fasting is so countercultural for us and moves against the grain of our flesh so strongly is because in fasting we intentionally embrace the reality of our weakness right if you've ever done a legitimate fast you feel depleted right there's a physical feeling that you have that is a reminder of the spiritual condition that you have it's a physical feeling of weakness that drives you to a greater dependence on God. 
And Jesus is pointing this out, and I think it's one of the reasons that we struggle to fast. Fasting is a biblical way to truly humble ourselves in the sight of God. Listen, it's hard. It is hard to be haughty and filled with self and filled with pride when you are in a season of a prolonged felt absence of something you want. Right? It's hard to puff your chest out and act like nothing's wrong when you've intentionally put yourself into a season of a prolonged felt absence of something that you want. I believe in this moment the disciples truly did want to see breakthrough for this boy. I believe that. I think they wanted him to be set free. I think they were heartbroken right along with the father when they couldn't do it. They wanted him to have a spiritual breakthrough. And Jesus tells them this kind of breakthrough demands an earnest and intense prayer. Why? Because in prayer, prayer is the expression of our utter dependence on God to do the impossible. Prayer is the expression of our utter dependence on God to do the impossible. And one of the reasons we don't feel the need to pray and fast, and I'm confessing as much as I'm challenging, is because we build lives that don't need the impossible. Are you with me? Some of you are. Some of you are like, yeah, I like my comfortable life, and I don't want you messing with it. (laughs) Right? We build lives where we don't need the miraculous. We build lives that are very safe, very secure, that we really are okay if God does not move because we've kind of framed this thing in such a way where we really don't need him. But you were not created for a safe life. You were created for a kingdom life. You have a kingdom purpose. And sometimes that is unsafe, and sometimes God wants to do things in your life that you can't manage, that you can't do, that you can't see, and he wants to accomplish the supernatural. And Jesus says, guys, this moment, this moment of spiritual breakthrough, you got to get into a place of utter dependence on God. And that happens through prayer and fasting because prayer moves us past our ability. It moves us past our willpower. How many of you would just acknowledge with me, I have thrown my willpower at problems in my life and it just made problems look bigger and stronger because my willpower wasn't enough. When I have thrown my best willpower at a problem and the problem doesn't move, the problem gets bigger in my mind because now I'm going, man, I tried. Prayer moves us past our ability It moves us past our natural resources and strength and willpower, and it moves us into a place with God that enables Him to work on our behalf. And fasting is one of the ways that our prayer life is transformed and our prayer life intensifies to express this greater dependence. So here's here's the one big truth for today. It's a one-point sermon, right? Some spiritual breakthroughs only happen through intense and persistent prayer. Some spiritual breakthroughs only happen through intense 
and persistent prayer. There are some things that God wants to do in our lives that he will not do apart from serious and earnest prayer. I believe that. I believe there are some of those things in this room right now. I believe there are some very real spiritual breakthroughs that are needed. There are some marriages that need a restoration in this room right now. And I want you to know, I know our culture is built in such a way that says your marriage, you got to be sure nobody knows that this thing ain't perfect. But I want you to hear me say, um, this is a place where it is okay to acknowledge it ain't perfect. Um, Carrie and I have been married 22 years. We ain't had the perfect year yet. And she really married well, guys. And so, <laughs> I ain't going to say that at 11. That's when she comes. <laughs> but there is, there are some spiritual breakthroughs in this room that need to happen. Sin struggles that need to be broken. I just want to ask you, there's someone in this room this morning who is absolutely exhausted from the effort required to hide the true sin going on in your life. Can I just tell you this 21 days may be the season God is going to bring a breakthrough for you? Now, it's important to note, we, we got to see something. Fasting and prayer does not guarantee that God will do what we want him to do when we want him to do it exactly how we want it done. It does not guarantee that. And one of the reasons we struggle in prayer is when God doesn't answer the prayer how we want, when we want, the way we want. So prayer and fasting is not a guarantee that God is going to do what it, he wants. But it does guarantee that we will see the power of God at work in our lives. Prayer and fact, if you settle into this 21-day journey, here's what I would tell you. You will see the power of God at work. And it may be that he moves to answer the prayer request, to answer that petition, to bring the breakthrough just the way that you have prayed for it to happen. It may be that he says, I want you to endure in prayer and to wait, but breakthrough is coming. It may be the breakthrough is he changes your heart to actually begin to ask for the thing you're supposed to have in the first place. But what I'm telling you is when we pray and when we fast and when we commit to a thing like this, you are going to see the power of God at works. Regardless of how he does it, he's going to move. Now, our elders have prayed and they have put seven petitions together that we are going to run after as a church for these 21 days. And I want to show these to you. It won't take a lot of time here, but I want you to see them. These are seven breakthrough petitions that we are praying for as a congregation. And I believe these are on your guide. So I don't want you to feel like you got to, you know, frantically write or take a picture. They are right here on your guide along with our types of fast and how do I begin and tips along the way right there at the bottom. Those are our breakthroughs and here they are. We're praying for boldness to share Christ with those around us resulting in 500 salvations by January 13th of 2022. That between 
January 13th of 2021 and January 13th of 2022, we're asking God for 500 salvations. That will require a spiritual breakthrough for boldness to share because some of you would acknowledge that's an area I don't move. That I, I, that, to me, that seems like such an insurmountable mountain to think that I would speak up and actually try to bring someone to Christ. That's an area of breakthrough, right, for our, for our church. Um, we're asking for God to move miraculously with a fresh outpouring of his spirit in our church. We're just asking God to do miracles among us through the outpouring of his spirit. We're asking for a re-engagement of families who have become disconnected from the body and specifically for God to raise up strong men and women of faith. That is a petition that we're putting before the Lord. We're asking for God's uh, financial provision for us, for expanding the mission that he's given us. There's land that we need to sell. There's facilities that we need to finish. There's future campuses that we believe God is calling us to um, to establish, and we're asking for financial provision for that. We're asking for revival and spiritual awakening in our church, in our community, in our state, and in our nation. We are asking God to bring a spiritual awakening here, right here. We're asking for the manifestation of the Spirit of God in every single weekly worship service we do. That's one of our petitions. That there would not be a time that, this pe that we gather in this place without experiencing the manifest presence of God. And then finally, we're asking that God would make us a house of prayer by increasing our attention to the necessity of prayer individually and through participation in the prayer on Wednesday nights corporately. That is a petition we're asking God to bring. That is what we believe. We want, God, we want to see God do this among us, but let me ask you this question. What do you need God to do in your life? These are great. I'm gonna beg God for this. What do you need, where do you need spiritual breakthrough? Some of you earnestly desire for your marriage to be the thing you know God created it to be, but it isn't. Have you prayed and fasted? Some of you earnestly desire, you really do desire for your lost children, your lost spouse, your mom and dad to come to faith, but they haven't. Have you prayed and fasted? Some of you really do want freedom from that secret sin and you haven't been able to find your way out of it. Have you prayed and fasted? This is my challenge to you. That you would take hold of this 21 days and you would see it as an opportunity for God to do something transformational in your life. Listen, some of you aren't going to do this. You're going to bail on it because you're real comfortable. And you like it. feels good. And challenge doesn't feel good. And doing without doesn't feel good. But some of you are at a place where you need God to move and you desire him for him to move in such a way that you're ready to step into this. All of us, by the way, should be in that place of desperation. But my challenge to you is don't see this. Don't allow yourself to see this as optional. 
Don't allow the enemy to whisper a lie into your head that says, I don't do it, don't worry about it. Receive this. Begin praying, God, what do you want to do in this 21 days and how do you want me to do it? Listen, we see this all over God's word. I don't have time to show you from beginning to end the number of times God called his people through through kings and queens and ministers and apostles to pray and fast and he moved in power. You see it in Esther when the Jews were about to be wiped out and before she went to the king she called the people to pray and fast. You see it in Nehemiah when the people are scattered and Jerusalem is a mess. He begins to pray and fast. You see it in Chronicles with King Jehoshaphat when he has brought the people together and things are going great and all of a sudden two nations show up at his front door and they go, we are about to destroy you. And it says Jehoshaphat was afraid and he called the people to pray and fast. You see it in uh, Nineveh. You see it in the book of Jonah, this wicked city far from God. They get the word that God is about to bring judgment. They pray, they fast, they repent and instead of judgment, they get revival. You see it in the book of Acts. Every single time God's people needed direction, needed power, needed boldness, they came together and they prayed and fasted. One of the most fascinating chapters in the book of the Bible to me is Daniel chapter 10. We're going to touch on this very quickly. In Daniel chapter 10, we get a peek behind the curtain of what is going on when God's people get serious about prayer and fasting. There is, a, there is a spiritual realm that we can't see where things begin to happen when we get serious about prayer and fasting. Look at Daniel chapter 10, verse two. It says, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks, so for 21 days. And on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like burial, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Daniel has seen an angel. He has seen a powerful, angelic being, so he is fasted and prayed for three weeks over the condition of God's people and what God is going to do. Because by the way, they are still in slavery right now. And not to Egypt, but to Babylon. And um, he has prayed and now he gets this vision of this glorious angelic being and it approaches him with a message from the Lord. Look at verse 11. And he said to me, O Daniel, men greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words from the first day. So what it appears is three days into this, after this three-week fast, this angel says, Daniel, I want you to know that on the first day, God heard you. On the first day, he heard you when, you when you humbled yourself. That's what fasting is, by the way. It is humbling ourselves. And when we do, God hears. So the question is, if God heard him on day one, why did he wait three weeks to show up? Look at verse 13. He says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 
days. That is a reference to a rebellious, angelic being. That's what that is. Here's how we know. Because he says, but Michael, that's an archangel. (laughs) One of the chief princes came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and and he came to make and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days for the vision is for days yet to come. So Daniel's prayer was heard on the first day. But the angel's arrival had been delayed for 21 days because there is this heavenly conflict that we see. In other words, the entire time Daniel was praying, there was a battle taking place in the heavenlies. The entire time he was praying. So For 21 days, Daniel is praying. He is fasting. There's no answer. There's no breakthrough. There's no evidence of God at work. But behind the scenes, there was this cosmic battle being fought. And while Daniel was fighting in prayer, the army of God was fighting in the heavenlies. What's the point? The point is we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities against powers, against a darkness that you can't see with your eyes. And Daniel prayed and fasted. The weapons of our warfare are not weapons of the flesh. And the point of Daniel chapter 10 is this. When we pray, God goes to war for us. That's the point. Spiritual breakthrough is spiritual warfare. And that comes only by prayer and fasting. Because in prayer and in fasting, God begins to move for us. Where do you need God to move? Prayer and fasting requires faith. Faith only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me. If you aren't a believer this morning, if you're just kicking the tires on church and you don't know much about Christ, I want to tell you something. The the major issues in your life, the places where you need spiritual breakthrough and you know what they are, you don't get those apart from a relationship with Jesus. That's where it starts. And if you need to make him the Lord of your life, that's the first move this morning. Here's what that's going to look like. We're going to stand. We're going to sing for just a second. And the moment we start, you need to come out, take one of our ministers by the hand and go, I need a relationship with Jesus because I do not know him. For the rest of us, here's what today is about. Today is about asking God to reveal the areas where we need breakthrough. Today is about asking God to go to war for us against the lies of the enemy that say, we really don't need to do this. This is too hard. We'll never be able to do it. I'm not gonna, I don't want. We need the Lord to go to war in our spirit with those lies. So I'm calling you to pray this morning. Come to the altar and pray. Turn around and put your elbows in your seat and pray. I'm saying that as we worship for the next few minutes, You can join me in prayer at this altar that says, God, I'm going to do this 21-day fast. Would you take this week before we get into it and reveal where I need breakthrough, how I'm supposed to participate? Show me what you want to do in my life. So let's stand. We're going to worship. And if, like me, you know you need those areas of breakthrough, just come join me right here at the altar. If you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, Come and connect with one of our ministers. But let's worship, let's respond.